Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, Guilty Feminist. I just wanted to let you know before you listen to the podcast that I will be speaking at the rally for Texas abortion rights. It's on Saturday, the 2nd of October, and it starts at Trafalgar Square at noon. And it ends at the American Embassy, where we will be sending a message. So please come and join us if you can. I'll be speaking along with lots of other wonderful women. So come along to this feminist protest with us. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but... Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm a feminist, but this week I booked a bikini wax on an app. This is true. And I accidentally clicked Hollywood. And now I look like body positive Barbie. Just a bunch of smooth mounds. Uh, I'm a feminist, but... (laughs) 
Um, recently, I've been listening to a lot of music from the times that I was in high school, um, and I really enjoyed the use of the word whore in them. Like in the Paramore song, uh, crush, 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 she's like, once a whore, you're nothing more. I'm sorry, that'll never change. And I'm like, great lyric. Or Panic at the Disco, when he's like, oh, what a beautiful wedding. And then they're like, what a shame, what a shame that poor groom's bride is a whore. And I'm like, that makes sense. <laughs> it's a good song. They're making great points. You're a product of your generation, Kima. I am. Yeah, it's why there's so much uh, anger from your people. Yeah, it's just a lot of... Ah! And then my favourite part is after that, he goes, I chimed in with a haven't you... He's like, haven't you people ever heard of closing the door? And it's just like, that's a great response. He didn't stand up for the groom's bride. He wasn't like, hey, her choices are her choices. He was like, close the door when you talk shit at a wedding. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but... Hi. I'm a feminist, but uh, I find my female voice a little bit whiny and a little bit girly. So I like to slag myself off with a male voice that I put into a monkey puppet. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but... <laughs> Even though I try to be body positive, I'm so influenced by the music of the early 2000s. Come on! Yeah. That whenever I see someone with a small bra size, I think, Lucky that my breasts are small and humble, so you don't confuse them with the mountains. Damn you, Shakira! I'm a feminist, but just before the house opened and you came in, we had a group photo on the stage. And uh, when we looked at the back of the camera afterwards, Jess Robinson said, oh no, we have to take it again. The way I'm hunching over makes me look like I've got a dowager's hump. <laughs> to which I replied, do you know, that's quite a good new name for this podcast, dowager's hump. <laughs> As in, I've got the dowager's hump with this patriarchy. It's not bad, is it? It's not bad. <laughs> yeah, that was a new term today. Yeah. Like, Kima, wow. we had to fully explain to Kima what a dowager was. Yeah, and a hump. <laughs> Never humped before in my life. <laughs> um, I'm a feminist, but I keep making the mistake of assuming that the women I date will behave better than the men that I date. <laughs> it's not very feminist, because a real feminist would know that women are not better than men, women are not gods, women are people, and all people have an equal capacity to make you come and break your heart. <laughs> I feel like we are more evolved. I'm sorry, I just do. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but she's a slut. <laughs> I'm a slag and a whore. Yes. And I've had it with this bitch. <laughs> I want this woman to just get out my arse. <laughs> she hangs out on me like a tampon. <laughs> And I stopped bleeding years ago. Oh. 
I'm so sorry. She's not sorry, she's responsible. <laughs> I feel like Monkey likes the same sort of music as Kima Bob. Fuck yeah. 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 Same sort of vocabulary. It's a vibe. I'm just like, let's bring back the word whore. <laughs> we, can, we can leave it where it did it go anywhere. We can leave it wherever it is. Yeah. Let's just leave the word whore right there. Are we ready to start the show? Thank you so much for coming back. I am so excited about this show tonight. Do you know, we are the first people back in Queen Elizabeth Hall, post the pandemic. Is she in? Is she in her hall? I'm assuming, I don't know. It doesn't matter. If the Queen hasn't made it tonight, I, she can listen to it on Her Majesty's internet like everybody else. Um, thank you so much for coming back and filling uh, Her Majesty's Hall. Um, I am so, so genuinely thrilled and excited. I barely can say anything funny because I just want to hug you all and weep a little bit onto your shoulder and say, oh my God, we're back. Like, can I touch somebody? Probably not under the rules. I have to have my own microphone that no one else is allowed to touch. So I'm probably not allowed to touch a person. But can we just like sort of E.T. touch? Like, just do that. Like, we nearly touch. Oh, I feel that. I'm so happy, like, we're back out doing proper feminism again. Not that we weren't doing proper feminism before, I'm not saying that, but it was, I feel like, we, it's hard to do feminism when you're all in solitary confinement, is what I'm going to say. <laughs> it's hard. Did anyone feel like they did any feminism during lockdown, shut in behind closed doors? Some people, I mean, some people have to stay inside all the time, so I'm not implying you can't do feminism, I'm just saying if nobody's out and everybody's in, it's trickier. Um, some people cheered. Uh, if, if you did do some feminism while you were inside, that you could point at that and go, that was some feminism. Uh, what did you do? Reclaimed you reclaimed these streets. Yes. <laughs> could you tell us a little bit about what you did to reclaim these streets? Uh, we put on a good job, but then the police cancelled, and then we sued the police, and then raised 550,000 uh, pounds for women and girls' pride. Wow. <laughs> That makes the petition I sent round seem diminutive. Um, that's absolutely amazing. And uh, reclaim these streets, are you continuing to reclaim these streets? Okay. Does anyone want to go next? <laughs> anyone else do feminism? I feel, I feel we should have held off with you. Um, I believe you're Jamie Klinger, aren't you? Yes. I mean, I, I can't see your face, but I believe you're Jamie Klinger. You are Jamie Klinger? Yes. If you are, I feel like we should have left Jamie Klinger for later. Because I think, what, would it be nice to go in with, oh, I made my neighbour a cake and I put a suffragette topper on it and she, she and I talked over a fence about how feminism was in the old days and we really connected. Obviously, I don't talk to her now, I've got a job, but, you know, for those, for there was a good six weeks there where she was just like my grandmother, my feminist grandmother. And, like, we could have started with that. And then we could have gone on to, you know, my... I spent some time talking on a classroom Zoom with my daughter's class. 
about feminism and then I realised they'd all just put a screensaver on, they weren't really there. But still, it felt good to be alive, to be doing something other than just making breakfast again um, three times a day. Like, we could have started there. You start with a nice low bar and then you build up to... We took the Met to court (laughs) and raised half a million quid because they wouldn't let us have a vigil and then they... That, it just feels like we've got nowhere to go now. Uh, with that, did anyone raise more than 550,000 pounds? Does anybody, anybody else have a, some beef with Cressida Dick? I've seen some things at Cressida Dick lately. Is it, is they, they're now, it looks like she's on the way out. Um, but for not because of you, Jamie. Because of corruption, is that right? I don't, I, I don't want, I mean, allegedly, I don't know anything about it. To be honest, I didn't read the article. <laughs> I just went, bad day to be dick, and, you know, just turn, turned, turned to the page. There's a lot of bad things to read. I can't read every bad thing. I honestly can't. Can anyone, does anyone else feel like they can't read every bad thing? Yes. Um, I did however, find the time to look at a full video of Jennifer Aniston having an awkward moment on breakfast television. So, I'm a feminist, but, you know, you need... That was self-care. Self-care. It cheered me up no end, watching Jennifer Aniston having an awkward moment on breakfast television and reminding myself that money and fame and hair like that will not make you happy. It will not make you... I don't know how many times I have to be convinced of that before I believe it. I think I'm the exception to that rule, though. I think if I had as much money in as many houses and as shiny hair as Jennifer Aniston, I would be happy. I would be the first person to be happy at that level. Truly, exponentially, if you get over a certain level of wealth and certainly over a certain level of fame, your happiness goes plump. It's almost impossible to be happy if you are Jennifer Aniston. So, uh, I hope she's not listening... If you are listening, Jennifer Aniston, you are a woman and I want to cheer you up. I want to bring all all women, Jennifer Aniston, if you're listening, um, I'm sure you can find happiness, just not with the path you've taken. (laughs) Taken you... Come on this show, do some feminism with us, Jennifer Aniston. It's all any of us are saying. Um, Yeah. Um, People are are cheering. Are you cheering that because you wish that for her or because you want to see her shining hair in real life? (laughs) My first question, I'm a feminist, my first question would be, what's with the conditioner? Like, it's got to be something. It's not, it's almost inhuman. Um, All right, so here's the thing. We've had quite a lot of shows lately because the world has been, I don't know if you've noticed, quite fucked. And I've had, we've had, so we've done quite a lot of shows about how uh, fucked the world is. Um, Has anyone noticed the themes of the latest shows have been super... Ooh, another way in which the world is very fucked, indeed. Um, and so uh, I saw somebody, when they saw the lineup for tonight, say, uh, and, and they heard the last one that Kima and I did at Soho Theatre, and that was just a ridiculous lol fest, the one we did at Soho Theatre. And someone said, I was really pleased about that, um, because some of the shows lately have been so sad, I found them hard to listen to after the original comedy bit. So I was really pleased that there were no... There was no feminism in that show really at all. It was just <laughs> pure guilt. And you sort of just didn't really do you know. The thing is, it was very feminist. It was just, just give me a cheer if you're more feminist than guilty. Yeah. 
There's only about 7% of any audience I'm servicing. Give us a cheer if you're more guilty than feminist. Yeah, absolutely. So tonight, I just thought we're back in a big room for the first time. This is our first proper big show back. Fuck it. Let's go full guilty. Are you on for that? Tonight, the theme of our show is reclaiming our joy, connecting with each other, and maybe even a little light touching where appropriate. Are you on for that? Then please, welcome to the stage, my incredible co-pilot for this evening, it's the wonderful Kima Bob! I can't even cope with the fact that, like, we're back, baby. <laughs> I know. We're so back. We're so back. And you are looking, if you don't mind me saying, absolutely glorious. You know I want that compliment. Shut up. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is a Lucy and Yak number. I feel like Lucy and Yak are, like, the unofficial, like, clothing, like, outfitters for just, like, queer people. <laughs> like, okay. it, they make so many dungarees. Do you know, I've only recently discovered a boiler suit, and I have to say, lesbians have it right about so much. 100%. Yeah, the dropped crotch is such a... The dropped crotch, this crotch is dropped. It's so low, the crotch is dropped so low, it's practically at my knees, I love it. Do you know, I went to Margate, dropped my crotch in a boutique there, I've never picked it up again. Don't pick it up! I'm serious, the drop crotch is a revelation. Leave that crotch where it lies. Yeah, especially if you've got a significant ass, which... Thousand percent, we both do. Which, yeah, absolutely. I don't mean to brag. Um, To be fair, I do mean to brag because for most of my life, it has been nothing to brag about. Yeah, people, like, people are so weird about it, like, throughout, like, the media. Yeah, I, I came it. up in the Kate Moss era. Yeah, where you gotta do cocaine and not have a body. That was, that was the, that were the direct instructions to me as Those a young woman rules. in the 90s. And I failed on both counts. I didn't know where to get the cocaine and I didn't like it. And yeah. I was terrified of anything approaching that. Yeah. Much less heroin chic, which I didn't, yes. you know, I didn't know where to get heroin. I wasn't Oh my chic. God, and now people hate heroin. They're saying there's an epidemic. Make up your mind. <laughs> I'm happy though. I think the bomb has come in. Um, it's true. Uh, because Jesus loves me. <laughs> I can only assume. Um, and the first representation of a white woman with a big ass I've ever seen mm. on television being celebrated is Ship from Succession. So, uh, oh, I love that show so much. I know. It feels like, why do we revel in those rich people's fascination slash pain? But I think, honestly, it's just so damn well done. And I it's think it's a great time. It's also just showing us, like, again, like, how this just cannot possibly make you happy. It can only make you turn against the people you love. A thousand percent. I love it so much. Have you heard the um, song this guy made, and I don't know what his name is, but someone does, and he made a song basically like um, summing up succession, and he was like, all the rich white folks are going to argue, and then whoever wins is going to win a kiss from daddy. And I was like, that is what that show is. That's the full show. That's the whole show. If you haven't seen it, the rich white folks are arguing, and they all want a kiss from daddy. It's the so full good. show. If you haven't seen it, you... I love it because I I relate. <laughs> like I'm just watching it, and I was like, "Yes, who's gonna win my family's empire?" <laughs> yes, I was talking to Emma Freud and saying, "Could you please do a spoof version 
of who gets comic relief, which of your children get comic relief. Oh Wouldn't that be great for comic relief? I think it would be a very interesting uh, reality TV show. Yeah. Oh my God, have you heard there's going to be a new reality TV show called... Um, like the activists. Yes, activists. They're pitting activists against each other to see which of them get to go to the G20. America's next top activist. It's an American thing to see which activists like is reading to children more important than water. It's, it's hilarious. It's literally hilarious. It's so toxic. I can't even. But do you know what? I love you so much, Kima, and I want to do more of this. However, our guest is so fancy. She has hold on two gigs in one night. And also, I'm a feminist. What is she, made of talent? <laughs> she is, actually. And she has to go and be fabulous twice tonight. So, and also, I'm a feminist, but this is my better side. By far. <laughs> By far. Like, seriously, if you look at my pictures on Instagram, it's always this side. You will never see a photo from this side. I will look at it. This is not a good side. Oh. But this side, hmm. Um, I can see, I think we're all celebrating this side and we're all like, mm, six out of ten. So, if not, you cannot see what I see and, you know, that's not my problem. Uh, so, I would like to bring on our guest. All right. Well, I was going to tell you about this rave I went to in the forest, but I guess we don't have time another day. You can tell us when our guest comes another on. Day. Our guest today began her career as an actress at the Royal Shakespeare Company. She has won a British Comedy Award, stormed live at the Apollo, stormed it, That's Russell awesome. Howard's Good News, Sunday Night at the Palladium, and made a BAFTA-nominated film, all without even moving her lips. Please welcome to the stage the incredible Nina Conti! Hello. Oh, Nina, it's, well, this is your first time on The Guilty Feminist, so welcome. Thank you, it's very exciting. Hi, people. Nice yeah. audience. It's a good lot, you guys. Yes. So yeah, they're so people. far. They're doing okay. Yeah. Um, Mine are all like my audience is mainly men between the age of forty and sixty. That's like on my YouTube <laughs> demographic. It's men between the age of forty and sixty. There's a huge peak there. Really? Yeah. Nearly all of my Instagram followers, like nearly all are women. Like it's a bizarre percentage. It's really? like 96% women. Yeah, I mean, I think anyway. that that's corroborating. That's well, good. I just think we should do a double act and we could take yeah, over the world. Yeah, we'd take over the world. Like literally everybody. <laughs> I, I think, I'm, I mean, I'm women across all ages and uh, people of minority genders. Look, I'm not saying there are no cisgendered men. There will be cisgendered men tonight. Give us a cheer if you're a man. Yeah. Give us a cheer if you're a... If you're a <laughs> It was so They've funny. been very brave to come alone. Don't mock them. It was funny. And they're like, woo, like, ha I'll show you. Give us a cheer if you're a straight cisgendered man. Okay, few of them. Give us a cheer if you're a straight cisgendered man who has not been brought by a woman. Oh, okay. What's your name, sir? There were a couple. What's that? Oh, I know you? Uh, Family doing First count. of all, what a great first name. <laughs> what M- would I call him? You know me. <laughs> Is it MC, you know me? Um, <laughs> so Naomi? No, you know me. <laughs> now, I couldn't help noticing in the I'm a Feminist Butts, you brought a man. Yes. Yeah. Is he here? Yes, in here. Yes, I mean, always. Oh, dear, in the bag. 
so creepy. It's weird on the tube as well, knowing he's in there. <laughs> Is it, is it time already plunging yeah, in the hand? I think so. I think so. I mean, well, I mean, if, I mean if you want, don't feel obliged. No, no, it's fine. It's my better half. <laughs> God, it's hard to get the hand in sometimes. Oh my Here gosh. I am. Here I am. Oh, Monkey, yes, it it's is. so lovely to have you on the show. We Thank very you. rarely have men on this show. Yes. Well, ally one is the question. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Have I misgendered you? I've made well, I don't know. I don't have junk. I just got attitude. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you seem quite patriarchal, if you don't mind me saying. Yes, I think you probably are. What I know, your father. I don't know what he is. <laughs> but I, yeah, I think so. I think, actually, you know what I think I am? I think I'm the real Nina. Do you? Oh. Yeah, I think this thing on my left, that's the construct. <laughs> that's what's there to please society, but I say the real shit. You do, and you've been brilliant, Monkey, over the years at cutting through and really saying the controversial things. I think, yes. I mean, would you agree with that, Nina? Well, he says the controversial things. It's not always what Nina actually thinks. No, but it is the uncensored part. It's the thing, it's the mm. speech before thought. Do you want to share my microphone? I think you're fucking up the illusion. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Sorry, 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 guys. Look, I'm real and everything. Okay. <laughs> 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 Monkey, I'm interested because you seem like the masculine part of this double act. Yes, I think he is. Yes, I'll talk for myself. Thank you. Um, <laughs> oh my yes, God. he is. Definitely the masculine part. Um, but, but, would, but would you say Nina's in control or you're in control? But who's the patriarchy in this double act? Man, fuck it. Go so deep. I don't know there's layers. The things I say, you see, I don't like them, and I don't choose them. So I'm actually better. Better is a hard word for a ventriloquist. <laughs> <laughs> You're actually better, or well, I'm better than she makes me. Like there, I called her a slut and a slag, and I went off and I felt really shit about it. There's <laughs> <laughs> a conscience. There is a conscience, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I say the thing for shock value, but I'm actually the better half. She's the one that likes the word slut. God, it's Benny Laird, you know, I it's, don't know. I saw you doing the most incredible show in Edinburgh some years ago where you were on a psychiatrist's couch, and I think you had a puppet of your own father. And oh, you, yeah. there were so many layers in that. It was oh, so many layers of analysis. It was like watching 10 years of therapy in one Edinburgh hour in the Pleasance Above. Um, it was absolutely extraordinary. Yeah, I mean, I am her therapist in a way. I think I am. I'm a repository for all her demons. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I think Monkey was kind of created. I'm like a deformity to cope with a male world. I, when I went out, when I started gigging, yeah. I just thought, um, well, I could go out there, but it's so vulnerable just to go out there. So I came along and I said the things that the audience might think before they could say them, and then, you know, mm. I got there first. <laughs> and I, mean, I think she's flirting. What do you mean? I think it's flirty, because you act like a virgin and then I let them know you're a whore. <laughs> it's designed to win dick. No, it's not. It fucking is. No, it's not. I mean, I, yeah. When you started with Monkey, were you single? Yeah. She? <laughs> and did it work? Was he it your work? milkshake yeah. that drew all your boys to the yard? Or? Weirdly, uh, it might have worked, yeah. I mean, weirdly, that is... It, it is a turn-on. You know, I hang a turn-on. 
You don't have to convince us, monkey. I'm on board. <laughs> Are you flirting with monkey, Kima? Just a little bit. Just okay. a little, aren't we? Just a little. Get your hand in, Kima. <laughs> Would you describe yourself as a feminist monkey? Are you? Of course I am, the living embodiment of it. I don't know. I don't know. Yes, I am. I have to think about these things. That's why I answer so slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a feminist? Yes, I am. Of course I fucking am. Yeah. But then why do you call women in the audience? Why do you do that? Because you're a lady, so it makes it okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. No. Is that okay? No, because it, it's not okay. No. Okay. Have no, you heard of any of Pretty Patel's policies, monkey? <laughs> Because she's a lady, and it yeah. doesn't make it okay. Oh, I see. So not everything's okay just because you're a lady. Fuck. I've got a lot to learn. <laughs> um, no, I don't know if it's... I don't know why I do that, because you're from the 90s, because you're a fucking dinosaur, and you like the word slut. <laughs> I don't know why he does it. I don't know. It's, there's something about my act that's it's very important for him to say the unsayable. And then she has to apologise and squirm. I mean, that's what's funny. But, yeah, but, I mean, guys, it's a slippery slope because you've got to have standards, monkey. No standards, no fucking standards. <laughs> when you started out, was it helpful to have a male double act partner? In the, in the, when did you come very into comedy? So the first gig I did was all men. I was the only girl I was terrified. Um, mm. You loved it. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it was. But also, it made me feel silly because it's not normal to have a teddy, you know? Yeah. I mean, these guys all just had their jeans and their white T-shirts and their wank jokes. Yeah. Their what? Uh, their wank jokes, he said. Oh, I thought you said wank pillows. I, I thought, I've not seen that backstage. It's a speech in Cuddingham, known as ventriloquism. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they all, they all had that. And I had this teddy, you know, and I was a girl, so it felt, you know, it felt tough. So I used to come out, you know, I'd just call her a whore, and then everyone in the audience thought, ah, she's all right. <laughs> so you I don't know, I was reading an article about being a cool girl, that, you know, like, that's fine with all the... Mm. All that stuff. Yeah. Can I ask That's you, what when, you um, when you popped onto the scene? On the scene? Yeah, wow, baby, way the back, scene, man. Baby. 2000, 2000, the I year of the monkey. Why are you saying it like it was the. <laughs> you're saying it like she came out in the era of Austin Powers. I wanted it to sound like jazz, baby of the scene. Yeah, yeah. jazz, yeah. The cool uh, cats yeah. and the beatniks and the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you think that you brought your own male heckler onto the stage with you? Yes, I did. I did. Yeah, she did. Brilliant. <laughs> and was that an armour so that if people in the audience... Because not long before lockdown, I went up onto the stage in a comedy club and I saw two people in the front row and one of them turned to the other and said, I don't like female comedians. And the other one said, yeah, I don't find women funny. But yeah. right in front of my face. Yeah. And we're not talking about the 70s. We're talking about, like, it was like 2018, something like that. So there's still this very strange idea that, oh, you're going to have to overcome an audience's expectations yes. in order to kind of get anywhere Absolutely. with them. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, so, so not only am I a woman, I'm a ventriloquist. There's a double no-no. Yeah, that's a disaster. It's an uphill climb. <laughs> but in 2000, because I remember in 2001 watching you on the BBC comedy competition, you won. 
Yeah, I won. Well, I did an act honking a kind glass. That was what he did. He used to hump inanimate objects. I still do if you give me one. I feel slightly uncomfortable passing you a dildo. I've like got like no a... hands left. She doesn't have enough hands. I normally have a mic you, stuck to my want, face. Oh, fuck it, I can get it, I can get it, I got it. <laughs> okay, so he would do this, I'd do this, and I'd, like, laugh it off, you know, like, oh, he's all right, you know, be done in a minute, I'm just going to take a little longer, and I'd say, sorry about this, you know. So it was kind of designed, it was to make it seem like you were, like, an affable zookeeper or something. It was like to be cool with it, you know? And then I remember, like, one of my early gigs, someone was, get your tits out, and you took it as a compliment. I didn't. I thought... I, I, I didn't know what to say. I thought, oh, that's quick. Oh, shit. Uh, what do I say? And then the monkey goes, go on. And I... <laughs> like... I've, like, locked myself in a corner now. Like, he's turned it. Everyone is telling me to get my tits out, including me. (laughs) (laughs) But I get... I I see it. It's such a powerful thing to do because you are harnessing the energy of the worst part of the audience who's saying, you don't belong here. Because when a man shouts, get your tits out, to a woman in a comedy club who's on stage... What he's saying is, is you're, you don't deserve to be in this context. You can't have anything to say. So I'm going to publicly humiliate you and tell you what I think you should be doing. It's not re- they don't really want you to get your tits out. If you did, they'd be like, oh, I don't know what to do now. They're yes, not- <laughs> no, I wouldn't know what to do either. They're, they're trying to lower your status publicly. Yes, maybe. And interestingly... I don't know. They might just want to see the tits. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <you> do- I did. <laughs> I'm sure you have. You must have. You've changed dressing rooms for years, monkey. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've seen everything. My eyes don't close. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have lids. It's a fucking nightmare what I've seen. <laughs> I but cannot I forget that. it. I cannot forget it. And even if I hadn't seen it, I know it. Because <laughs> she's in me. <laughs> I get, I get it, but I think it's very interesting about comedy. State, comedy is so much about status. So someone like Al Murray will come out and be very, very, very high status, and that's his character. Mm-hmm. And in real life, loveliest guy in the world, but he, he has that very high status character. But then he'll kind of mock someone in the front row. But then it's, he is lowering their status for fun, but just being talked to by Al Murray is sort of a status raise. So it's always a game that your friends are like, oh my God, Al Murray's talking to you. So there's that sort of... Lower raise, lower raise. But yes. I think men much more easily can come out onto the stage and go, uh, oh, what's your job? You know, and they basically just shout at you for having a job. Whatever your job is, they're going to make fun of your job if they kind of come down and point at you. Oh, audience. yes. And so I do, do that. I mean, that's, that's what I do. And there was one gig I forgot. Monkey, idiot. I forgot him <laughs> at the Soho Theatre. And I thought, what am I going to do? And there was no time to go and get him. I mean, she really, you know, that was her falling on her arse. And I went out and said the things that I thought Monkey would say. And, um, Just as yourself? As not myself. In, not in was, his voice? Yeah. And, yeah, she realised her material was quite low standard. <laughs> <laughs> it was shocking. It was like, oh, well, you, you don't look like you guys are in love or whatever. I was like, Nina, you've got to try a bit harder with your jokes. Yeah, I can, you know, I can cover a multitude of sins. It's my cute oh my little gosh. say song again. I think fucking funny. <laughs> Not anything, but yeah. I want to ask, like, how does it feel to be a monkey in this comedy world? 
I don't like, think of myself as a monkey, actually. I don't, I don't think of myself as an animal. What do you think of yourself as? I don't know, like a, some kind of mental problem that you have. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm her psyche leaking. And well, I just happened to be a monkey. I, I kind of wish I was a fish. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What would it, how would it be better to be a fish? I don't know. I'd rather be anything. I could just be her hand. It wouldn't matter. I don't... I mean, people get us monkey gifts. Yeah, I mean, I'm constantly be given bananas and other monkey tea towels and shit like that. She doesn't even... She's not even into monkeys. I'm an accident. <laughs> I found him. That's the thing. I found him. I, when I started to learn ventriloquism, which was just a dare, really. She was an actress. And I learned ventriloquism as a dare, and I was given one of those big puppets, you know, the stuff of nightmares. Those ones with the eyes and the, yeah, yeah. the, the horrible oh, face. Oh, like the ventriloquist dummies yeah. from the... Musical. From the horror films, those fuckers. And I didn't like it. It wasn't funny. No, it wasn't funny. It was just terrifying. So I got... Um, and then I had this monkey anyway, just sort of hanging around the house. And I put him on, and you know, the rest is history. I put him on and I thought, well, you would, you've got more, I don't know, humanity in his face. Mm, and I just started talking. And, you know, it was like, she thought I knew her. I looked in his eyes and I thought, he knows me. Yeah. I mean, That's beautiful. Thank you, Kina. Thank you, Kina. I, I, I do think it's an interesting double act for feminism because it's, it is about a woman going out and claiming the full gendered space. Mm. It's saying, I am not going to sit in your gendered expectations mm -hmm. because you don't ever know which, who's going to be talking and what is coming from me and in what ways I am mocking you with this monkey. So if the man yes. in the audience shout gets your tits out and monkey says, go on, it's sort of a mock back to the heckler, you're like a monkey in this way. Right. You know, you're sort of like... We've never thought it through that far. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, I always just was... I was brought up to be a good girl, you know? My dad was disapproving of me swearing, and my mum was kind of Christian. She's not anymore. Not anymore. Now she's a whore. But she's... <laughs> That's my mum you're talking about. I stand by it. But I, I just, um, I, I mean, I, I wanted to be a good girl. And, and I was, like, going up for actress parts and, like, shampooing my hair and all that stuff. So yeah. the minute I put monkey on, you know, it was great relief. There was a lot came out all of a sudden. And it was actually, like, another compartment of my brain woke up and I thought, oh, I can say anything, oh, it's okay, I can say anything. And, you know, guys will still fancy me. <laughs> Me. Oh, she got confused. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know, but Did I mean, you, I was very brought so up to please men. I mm. think that was just horribly what I was brought up with. And we're just readdressing the balance now, but we still have to work on our demographic. <laughs> yes, that's interesting, because you are pleasing men, because you just said your whole demographic is 40 to 60-year-old men. Totally. I want the women. I do, too. <laughs> I do, too. Desperately now. You Does know? Monkey have any kind of fan... Is Monkey a pin-up in any way? Does Monkey get any fan mail? I mean, he does. People flirt with Monkey. I find it really icky. I mean, I don't know why that happens. I, I'm not sure what that is. It's something to do with a puppet, I think, is safe. Yes. I don't see why it's safe. But other times, people are ducking out of his eye line, and I can't see shit. But it's... <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. That's, um, it's, it's interesting, but it is interesting that it was a way to shed all the politeness you'd been raised with yeah. and socially conditioned to have as a, as a, as a girl and then as a young woman. Yeah, Kima, you were going to ask before, you said to me, is it okay if I ask Monkey for some advice? It's true, because I wonder, like, with you guys stepping out into the scene in the 2000s... Oh, yeah, the know, jazz scene. Yeah, being out with the, with the cool cats, with the hip pockets and whatnot. Um, I'm, you know, a lot newer to the scene, and I wonder <laughs> if you guys have any advice for me, and, like, you know, if someone says to get my tits out, I mean... I should get them out. <laughs> well, I mean, he always will, but, yeah, you don't mean that. But they're so nice. <laughs> Thank you so much, monkey. I agree. <laughs> well, you see, the thing is now, Monkey, when you started, Get Your Tits Out was sort of Get Your Tits Out for the Lads, but now yes, it's it was feminist. A song. It was my favourite song. Yes, but now, Monkey, it's feminist saying free the nipple. Yeah, yeah. Because, in, I, I mean, some of you may or may not know this, but on Instagram, you are not allowed to show a female nipple or a nipple. I guess, I don't know, it's men, men can take their tops off on Instagram, but women can't, yeah, and I don't know it's where like, that. Don't show us a nipple on a breast that is not flat. That's, yeah, that's yes. probably more accurately what it is in terms of coding for gender. Um, I only discovered this because I had Amanda Palmer on the show and she yes. came on fully naked. Very free. Did she? Yeah. Um, which would have been Involved. fine in a space like this as a sort of, it was like punk. It was a mm -hmm. punk act. Mm -hmm. um, but we were in the basement of Waterstones and... <laughs> for the Margaret Atwood book launch. And so it was, it was much more confronting because everyone was lit, so we could see the whole audience space. We were just in the basement of a... Margaret Atwood was upstairs. We were downstairs. Really? We got to go up and see Margaret as well. It was a sort of, you know, there was... Yeah. Anyway, the point was, she said she was going to come naked, and I knew that she did that at rock concerts and stuff, so I thought she was joking. She wasn't. Right. So afterwards, we had photographs, and she was fully naked, and she sort of... Showed, so to be... Out of solidarity, and this is again my nice girlness. I just thought, well, I'd better I get some. Oh, you were there, Kim. That's right. I thought... And then Dad was like, "Do you know what? I'm going to whip out a tit too." Well, I just <laughs> felt Did you do it? Did you awkward. Do it? Not really. Yeah, I felt awkward. Not. I felt like I can't stand next to a fully naked woman <sighs> with both breasts covered. So I just did that for the photo, and then posted it on Instagram. And I got. They told me we'll ban you if you ever do this again. Really? Uh, yeah, I did it once, and then I they deleted it, and I thought it was an error, so I put it up again, and then they went, "We're going to ban you," because I didn't know. That was when I found out about the Free the Nipple campaign. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, Monkey, when you say. When you said get your tits out in the year 2000, I think it yeah. might have been a laddish response, but I think now it might be a feminist response because I think you've evolved. Oh, thank fuck for that. <laughs> I didn't have to do anything. I just got woke. <laughs> <laughs> Are you woke, monkey? I don't know. I hope so. I'm learning. I don't you want know. you to get cancelled, and I think you're sort of ripe for cancellation. Oh, monkey. I mean, careful, monkey. Yeah, no. I won't rock out with my cock out. <laughs> Nina can sit out with her clit out. <laughs> oh my god. Oh Thousand my monkey. 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 I'm so sorry. I mean, there's no fooling anyone. This is me talking. I, I, <laughs> I love it. I just. It's ridiculous. I just, 
I suppose it's the next thing after free the nipple, but I don't care what Amanda Palmer does. I'm not doing that on Instagram. But I mean, like, uh-huh. I think because he's a foot away from my head that people won't think it's me. Like, well, she's not uh, accountable for any of this shit. Yeah. Well, it's I a way understand. to sort of outsource your... Fem- you can sort of outsource that side of you. You can outsource yeah. your own feminist parts. Mm. I can't... I have to say them with my own mouth. Yes, I know. We're a two-headed monster. <laughs> and I love... Actually, that's what I love about what the ventriloquist gave me, is I was very agonising about having to have opinions and not being smart enough to have them. Ah. And then, so this way, yeah, she doesn't really have to have them. Because, well, I mean... I think some truth comes through in the grey area, but I say one thing, I say the opposite, and and no one knows, you know, smoke and mirrors, guys. (laughs) There isn't a fucking thought in her head. (laughs) There's clearly too many thoughts for her to keep in coming out of one mouth, monkey. I would say the opposite. I would say that Nina is too clever. Some of the... that She can't just sort of stand up and do stand-up like regular people. I've seen her do some extremely clever things. Are you proud of her, although you wouldn't want to admit it? Oh, God. Well, I, it's, it's nicer if I'm not, you know, loving towards her, because if I get loving towards her, it really, it's kind of disgusting. Can you <laughs> imagine how unfunny like, it would be? Then your tits out, then they're like, make out, and that's complicated. Uh, yeah, it's not sexual, but I live in fear. It's not. No, this is not. This is a, the thing I like about this. That mannequin that I first got. Yeah. There was a sexual vibe between me and that. No. Yeah, there was. There was. And um, yes, because he would say things. I was like, kind of. Oh, this is. I don't know where this is going, but it's like gross. But the monkey was like, I was safe with him. I don't know why. I, I, but he, he just is. He's not a sexual being. It's platonic. It's platonic. <laughs> It's, I mean, you're protesting too much now, obviously. Yeah, we are, but it's yeah. not. Oh, my God! <laughs> it's not, I mean, it would it's be... not. Will they, won't they, have they? <laughs> you're basically Ross and Rachel in our minds, but... Um... Do you know, we want to know the really dark thing. Oh, fuck, here she goes. I had an abortion uh, back in... Well, you know, listen to the silence. <laughs> and about nine months later, I arrived... Whoa. Yeah, and I realised that nine months later. I was like, what the fuck? Am I your aborted child? I don't know. I mean, like, I was holding a small thing that, you know, teaching it to talk and shit like that. Wow. Is that dark or what? Yeah, that's... It's, Brilliant. Yeah, it's certainly interesting. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't many podcasts she'd discuss this on, so I hope you take it as a compliment. No, I do. No, I do. Yeah, I feel like I kind of, um, in a way, so I have a drag king character called Little Testies, and his whole thing, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a great name, but it is what he's called, <laughs> and um, one of the things I feel free to do within that is to kind of dip into these pockets of, fuck, he's a, a conservative rapper. He's a right-wing rapper and a men's rights activist. Right. Um, and so I get to, like, dip into these weird pockets of, like, society and of things that maybe I don't wholly agree with but just feel great to say. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've got to get to say them. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I like saying the things that I don't agree with. It's well, unpacking. It's like, like Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fascinating, and it's so much deeper and more psychological than I think 
ventriloquism normally is? Or am I wrong about that? Are other ventriloquists... Because I think other drag acts, I'm sure mm. they're two parts. Like Courtney Act, I was listening to her mm. episode of Homo Sapiens. And oh, my God. It, it, Such it, an attractive person in and out of drag. And, <laughs> but Courtney Act says as... Is it Shane? Mm-hmm. Um, as Shane, they're sort of the same person and, and not and is and not. And I'm getting that from you. And I think that's probably more common with drag than with ventriloquism, which has that sort of bottle of beer type, you know. Yes. Uh, it's allowing yourself in a way to like step out of the box that you've been placed in or that you walk in yes. from day to day. Would you be interested in running a feminist ventriloquist workshop for us one Ooh, time? Yeah, yeah. Where Let we actually do way. get to... <laughs> <laughs> we don't want any other bitches on our trail. <laughs> Not sharing this shit. Not so people can professionally compete with you, monkey, just to be clear. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay sorry, I, I reacted. To... I was triggered. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, oh, triggered, so you are woke. Ha-ha, it's come out. Um, but yes, you mean monkey, to, so, to liberate the unspoken yes. voice. In the same way that I, I might... Yeah. I don't want to do a drag act, but I'd love Kima to spend an afternoon with me finding my drag side to sort of explore yeah. those things. Yes, I think it's very important. I mean, I think everyone should have a monkey. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, I would certainly be interested in exploring those other parts of my brain that I think are rooms that are probably closed down because mm. I'm concerned about the conversations that I'm allowed to have. And I, what I will say is, post this pandemic, as I'm coming back out to life again, I feel more... Um, I'm going to use this word in a sort of political way, queer, that the queer community, my feeling is that once you have renounced the shame that you must renounce in order just to be who you are, you then, I think camp is the residue of that. Camp is what's Mm. left over. It's like, well, if I can't please you, if you're going to hate me for being essentially who I am... Then suck it. Then, yeah, (laughs) put a sequin on it, turn the Kylie up and dance in the street. it's, It's residue joy from going, I am not conforming anymore. And I think many straight people walk around at half-mast because actually one can please, seem to please the patriarchy if one is, you know, the closer one is to that sort of white straight, it's sort of like, I'm, I'm gonna get a badge if I just keep doing the right thing. Yeah, you get the free gift bag. <laughs> Exactly that, monkey. You're promised a gift bag, but I have decided that the reward for obedience seems to be more opportunities for obedience. Mm-hmm. So I would like to live my life larger now that I know how fragile it is and all these joyful things like getting to do this. You know, that got taken away and what else could get taken away? So I would love to spend some time... Learning. Yeah, just... Centrilocution. This, monkey, sorry, oh, monkey, you are, you are flirting with me now. A little bit, a little bit. It's so fascinating. Like, I didn't realize how fucking, like, deep and meta this conversation. No. Oh, yeah, I thought we were going to do a funny one. <laughs> I mean, it, You promised jokes. This is earnest as shit, Deborah. <laughs> I feel it has been very funny, but also I feel, monkey, Definitely. you led it there. I was going to ask you questions like, what do you know about the suffragettes? Oh, I'm glad that you didn't. <laughs> do, do you have a favourite feminist, Monkey? Uh, you guys? <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> um, monkey, I believe you have another gig quite... Got a gig, yeah. Yep. Gotta go fuck this. 
<laughs> you, where's your next gig, monkey? Just out of interest. It, oh, I went. Did you? What the fuck? Um, that's not going to come across on, on uh, yeah. podcast. Monkey don't do visual gags. Um, where, uh, have you got any other gigs or anything coming up that we should know about touring or books? Yeah, or I'm touring. Yeah, Nina's touring. Where are you touring? I'm doing a sort of dating show. It sounds gross. I, you know, I put masks on people and get them on the audience. Get yeah. them up from oh, the yeah. audience. Oh yeah, yeah, love it. So yeah. I'm going to try and do that and like find love matches <gasps> or or disasters. Actually, funny's the funny's the point. Yeah, not love. We all die alone. So I just thought. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought I'd have a, like a fun show with lots of encounters, people coming up and meeting each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that sounds wonderful. And the nice thing about having a permanent double act with a monkey yeah, yeah. is that you won't die alone because monkey will be there at yes. the end. In the coffin. <laughs> do you ever, do you, because I saw this amazing documentary you did, the one about Ken Campbell and, oh, and yes. you know how you went to that amazing ventriloquist what was it's, it? a, it's a graveyard for festival. puppets of dead ventriloquists. It's, yeah. a, it's a resting place for them. And they, there yeah. was like a festival and stuff and you went there and then yeah. you talked about Ken and all sorts of things and I think you, you, and you had a beautiful conversation completely alone. Do you ever talk to Monkey when you're alone? Totally alone. I don't know. I'm not very often alone. You need more time alone. I think um, I would. Yeah, I think she should do it more. I think, if I'm honest, I think I would like to do it because it helps me think. The path of two voices is a little speedier than just one for me. Mm. And yeah, so I should get in here because you've been talking a long time. But I think, uh, yeah, I would like to, and I do sometimes, but usually with a camera, that justifies it. Otherwise, it feels like a decline in mental health. <laughs> um, so tell us, Nina, where can we see you on tour? When can we see you on I'm tour? I'm on tour all over the UK, and it starts at the end of October, and it goes on till February, so please come. Okay. And, uh, and I've also got a podcast, it's called Richard and Greta, I'm not in it. And that's like kind of how to, that's like a lo love guru, so I play a weird character in that. Interesting. Exciting. Okay, so we need to listen to Richard and Greta. Yep. Is that Richard and Greta Thunberg? It's filthy. It's, it's a, like a wholesome and filthy podcast. <laughs> 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 um, okay, so everybody buy tickets for Nina's tour. It is, it is going to be uh, hilarious and also always penetrating in its... Yes. Psychological penetration and... is a theme. Yeah, <laughs> of my life. Okay, how are you going to leave with your dignity? I don't know. How do you, how do you do this? How do I get back in while do you, you hold? Do you want me to hold mic? Oh, oh fucking! Oh. There you go. No <laughs> visual gags. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to leave whenever you send me off. <laughs> oh. Monkey, I don't want you to go. So oh. cute as well. <laughs> Monkey. It's so sad that people won't be able to hear how cute he is. Oh, you know, they won't see. They won't see him. No, I hope I come over and, and just sound. Oh, yes. I, we should have said at the beginning, if you're listening at home, I, I'll, I'll do this as a pickup. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. Nina. They're going to think, who the fuck is this weird guest that can't quite talk? <laughs> <laughs> we should have said... Um, so I've got to say, do a pick-up now. So, Nina, you've brought Monkey. If people are listening, we have a lot of listeners around the world, and some may not have seen Monkey before. So if yes. they're listening, 
Who should they imagine? Well, I'm putting my hand uh, into my bag and plunging it into it. I'm kind of like an oven glove. Um, <laughs> he's, he's got a, just a little face, and just imagine a furry little monkey. Google it, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I ask? You better Google it, because it's just so... He's so gorgeous. Can I ask, is there only one monkey... Oh, uh, no, there are, there are others. There are others. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've worked my way through several. What happens to us? <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like something for grief cast. Um, this is really... What are there? Clones waiting in the wings. Yeah, I've got a few. I mean, I, it's uh, six years. How yeah. far am I in? You're only about a year in. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is really too much now. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. Stay um, I'm just like, your brain is incredible. It is. Nina, you were, it's such a privilege and a pleasure to have you on. Thank you Please so much, Please come guys. back again. I would love to. Yeah. I, I count me and count me. I think it's gone well. I think it's gone really well. <laughs> if you think it's gone well, please give Monkey some love. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. That was really lovely. That yeah, was really lovely. Joy. I was like, uh, uh, oh my God. Yeah. My mountain's blown open from d- the top. I didn't expect it to get that deep. I thought it was just going to be... Like, yeah. like feminism gangs, but, but gangs. it was at the same time, and I think I didn't under like I had no idea that what we were really going to uncover was how sometimes stepping out of yourself um, allows you to be more of yourself. Mm-hmm. Whoa! 
And that, but also that other, yeah, the parts that you, because we're all performing, we're all presenting something that we've mm-hmm. been socially conditioned to present. And that has become us, of course, but there yeah. are other parts in us. It's the part of you, I think. we shove them down, we quiet them. Yeah. And some of that is good, right? Like the part of you, like when you're, <laughs> when you're like standing by the tube and you're like, I wonder what it would be like to jump down there and just play with the rails like that. <laughs> We're like, no, don't do that. And it's good that we don't do that. Public service announcements from the guilty feminist you won't get don't anywhere else. Don't jump down on the rails. Don't tell us we are not delivering pure feminism. I, just something I want to ask you before we get to the stand-up is oh this. God. You are from Texas. It's true. A little state we like to call Texas. It's so small, no one's ever talks about it. How is feminism going in Texas this week? Um, I just need to ask, is there anything feminist happening in Texas right uh, now? It's, It's going so good in Texas right now. Feminism in Texas is bigger and better than it's ever been. <laughs> Texas is so oh my God. feminist so right triggered. now. <laughs> I haven't heard that voice for so long. Well, that's how it feels. It does feel very 2016. Um, yeah. It really does. It really does. Yeah. There seem to be like really, really strict laws coming into effect. And it's just like a terrifying time. And what's weird is when I talk to some of my family members, uh, it seems like they, um, as people on the ground, have started to become a bit desensitized to how radically right things are moving. Um, And it's terrifying to witness. And it seems like action can be taken, like the U.S. uh, Supreme Court, the larger one, um, might be able to step in and make things happen. But it's just, yeah, a really gross time. Mm. Uh, Is there anything we can do? I think we are going to do an episode about it. Um, And I think... um, In fact, Jamie Klinger... um, October 2nd, Jamie Klinger's going to fix it, so don't worry. Oh, great. She's going to... Because I can. I'm tired. Uh, um, uh, Kima's too tired to fix her state. Yeah. Uh, because she I was mean, raised in it. I just left. I was like, <laughs> this is what happened, okay? I woke up one day. I was like, it's fucked up around here. And then I just ran away. Um, and, you know, maybe if I would have stayed, this wouldn't be happening. I feel like Texas would be exponentially more feminist if you were in it, but then you would have to be in it. There are brilliant people in Texas and brilliant places in Texas. A thousand percent. And I feel for the people who are there who want things to be better. And I feel even for the people who are there who don't realize how fucked up all this is. Mm -hmm. Um, For the people who are saying that they are pro-life without kind of acknowledging what life that is. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it the life of the fully grown adult or the life Mm -hmm. of the little cells? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a well, kind also of, the um, the child who's going to come into the world and then not be supported by that state in any way, shape, or yeah, form. Yeah, I mean, once it becomes that, but it definitely starts off as like some cells, um, and so it's just kind of interesting to think about because it's like, yeah, it's not pro supporting that life once it's actually being lived. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's really place. forced birth more than uh, a thousand percent. Um, so if there's anything we can do, we are going to do some stuff on it. So we'd love to have you back. But I just wanted to check in as a Texan Ugh. how you were feeling. And uh, turns out, I've not great. <laughs> Good to know. What we'd love to hear from you now is some joy and some comedy. Wow. So I've really brought you down before that. Do you wow. need a little minute to turn yourself around? I can bask. <laughs> Oh, God, no. I'm going to do it, Deborah. Okay. Because that, that is my getting my tits out. Freeing the nipple, one nipple at a time. Please welcome ah! to the stage the incredible Kima Bob. Ah! Hello, babies. Oh, my God. What a juicy, beautiful room. I love it so much. Oh, my God, look at us. With our face holders, we're back, baby. Out in society, I love your haircut. Yes. Come on, would you call it a pixie? I can't get distracted. I'll revisit you later. (laughs) Oh, it's so great. We're back. We're back, baby. We're out. We're out in the streets. Yeah. Following the rules. So many rules. Hands, face, space. Yes, I love it. So many things to do. It's so good. And it's hard, but we're managing. (sighs) Even though we remember the good old days, back in the day when society only had two rules, they only wanted us to do two things, don't steal, don't kill. (laughs) And even then, we would forget. I see you, ma'am. I know that you got a couple bodies on you. <laughs> I won't judge you for your murders if you don't judge me for mine. <laughs> but we're back! I just remember it. I don't know. Like back in the day when you could walk down the street and just like spit in a stranger's mouth and nobody was hurt. <laughs> nobody was mad about it. <laughs> Oh, gosh, I do. I do really commend us for all that we're doing. Um, I Mostly what I've been doing is I'm watching a lot of TV. Mm, I love it so much. Um, give me a woo if you like watching shows about people that are in high school that are really focused on getting good grades but can't stop murdering each other. <laughs> It's so insane to me. They're always like 40 years old, but we're supposed to believe they're 17. (laughs) And every episode, they're like, oh my God, I think I failed my quiz. Also, how do you get blood out of a (laughs) t-shirt? Oh, I'm never going to make it to the same college as my boyfriend. Also, where do you hide a body? (gasps) Guys, I failed my midterm. Also, does anyone remember where we put the body? (laughs) It's just the whole thing. Um, I love being here in this country and checking out you guys' commercials. They're so cute. (laughs) They're so cute. They make absolutely no sense. Uh, I'm just like, why are those meerkats so worried about saving money? (laughs) What's going on? That is like, oh, my credit card. Oh, my neighbor has a big bag. It's just like, what's happening, meerkats? Meerkats are supposed to be focused on two things, digging holes and living in them. That's all they're supposed to be doing. Why are they worried about fiscal responsibility? It's wild to me. They make no sense. Like, 
all of the all of the bank commercials are absolutely ridiculous. I was sitting in my house. I was sitting in my house, minding my business, when I heard that Scottish widows want to invest in my future. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I, me? I don't know any Scottish widows. And then I start feeling for these people. I'm like, look, Scottish widows, is your life so meaningless without your live spouse that you now want to throw money at a stranger? Scottish widows, I will not accept your investment. I want you to invest in yourself because you are more than just a supportive partner. Oh, terrifying that. Who names a bank that? That's ridiculous. Oh my God, the most ridiculous Lloyds, yeah? Like you'll be like, sit in your house, mind your business, and you'll see a woman sat down in a bathtub, like trying to give birth or whatever, surrounded by her birthing assistants, her coven, which is what you call the group of people that help someone give birth, look it up. Um, I don't make the terms. And they'll just be like breathing with her, like birth is beauty, birth is life, birth is beauty, birth is life, push. Um, when all of a sudden, you know, you're like, oh wow, this is a great commercial for prenatal vitamins or like at the very least friendship. Um, and then just like a pack of very like wild horses will just clip clomp <laughs> across the screen. And you're just supposed to be like, oh, it was always about money. It's absolute nonsense. Also, is it wrong for me to think that those horses are kind of hot? <laughs> very muscular horses, big hindquarters. I love that. <laughs> um, I've been doing a bit of TV stuff lately and um, what's been fascinating about it is some of the shit that comes into my inbox. Um, if you're a Guilty Feminist listener, um, if you don't like my voice, you've at least become accustomed to it. <laughs> but there are a lot of people around this nation who are not fans. And they send me the weirdest stuff. Like, recently, I got an email that said, bitch, talk right. Uh, which was ironic, because if they were talking, they'd be like, bitch, speak properly. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, what are you saying? Like, you talk right. Uh, absolute nonsense. I got another one, which was like, bitch, die slowly. Um, which sounds bad, but to be fair, I would be scared if they wanted me to die quickly. Um, because we're all dying slowly. So if anything, they were just like, bitch, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> keep it up, bitch. Like, oh my God, thank you. It's absolute nonsense. It's fascinating. I feel like I definitely do feel very grateful to be in the position where I am of uh, doing stuff on television. Um, I mean, bad emails aside, one of the big perks is uh, now my weed man comes on time. He just respects me now. That's really nice. Um, but even that's not a perk because I stopped smoking weed. Yeah, yeah, woo indeed. Because you think that something's just a fun hobby and you go, I'm not addicted to that until you're in Spain in some weird town quarter around a fountain because you heard that's where you could get it. Like, what is the definition of any of this? 
Uh, I'm, um, I'm going back to Texas in a few months. Not very pumped about it. Um, for obvious reasons, but also my family. Um, like, the last time I was in Texas, my cousin, my male cousin, got a plate full of salad. It was a good salad. Um, and his dad just said to everyone, ha, look at what that guy's got on his plate. Look at this boy, eating like a California female. He has the plate of a California female. Um, which is a whole nother level of geographical culinary misogyny. <laughs> I just didn't even know about it. I was like, what's happening? And then I thought to myself, like, what is like the plate of like a Texas female like? Um, and my assumption is just like a giant steak with a flag in it. Um, and then when you pick up the little flag, it says, hey girl, just so you know, this cow has more reproductive rights than you do, but enjoy. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you, steak. <laughs> oh, terrifying. Oh, God. It's a fab time. It's a fab time to be alive. <laughs> this episode is about joy, and I'm just like, die slowly. Also, ovaries. You're welcome. Um, I want to depart on this note. I think it's very important to acknowledge uh, because there are a lot of, um, a lot of whites in attendance. Good for you. <laughs> I hope it's going good. I know 2020 was like a hard year to be white and I feel like so sorry for you. Um, but like I hope that you've managed because like it seemed really awkward for you guys. Uh, <laughs> um, it's like people, people like hate racism now. They're like, guys, did you know racism is, like, not cool? They're like, hey, P.S., did you know that racism exists? And I'm just kind of like, oh, no way. You're blowing my mind with your findings. It's absolutely fascinating. People hate racism now. It's no longer trendy. It's not trending to be racist anymore. But instead of, like, doing anything about it, they just want to, like, talk to me. So they're like, oh, maybe I could do something to change things systemically. And they're like, no, I'm just going to tell this black person that I know that racism exists. It's like, stop wasting my black time and my black energy. It's absolute nonsense. And what kills me about it is a lot of the time, the people that are telling me this will be like straight white women. And they'll be like, you know who's the real problem of all of this? I'll tell you who's to blame. Do you like my impression of straight white women? I feel like it's, I bet that it's pretty good. <laughs> it actually just sounds like me. <laughs> I'm telling you who's to blame. It's straight white men. <laughs> and it's like, hey man, being born straight or whatever is not the problem, right? Being born white is not the problem. It's white supremacy that's the problem. Being born a man is not the problem. It's the patriarchy that's the problem. Also, if you're a straight white woman, you're statistically way closer to the problem than I am. <laughs> so instead of talking to me, why don't you go talk to your dad or your brothers or your boy? friend because if you're a straight white woman you're statistically more likely to be dating a straight white man and, uh, uh, it's just what the science says on the internet and the thing is with that being said oftentimes you have the white man literally in the palm of your hand so come on 
on, take that opportunity. Educate him. Don't pleasure him, educate him. Look, look, instead of grabbing that shaft, you tell him about how marginalized communities have been shafted, okay? When he tells you that he's hard, you say, yeah, I know, baby, but what's even harder is having your experience erased and minimalized, okay? I guess what I'm saying is instead of making him come, make him come to terms with his privilege. That's just like, that's just like what you can do for me. <laughs> Thank you! Team up up, everybody! Was anyone hungrier in lockdown? Just give us a... Let me put it this way. Did anyone eat more in lockdown? Yeah. Um, Here's the thing. Did you know the hungriest part of you as you come out of lockdown into this sort of hybrid world right now is... What do you think your hungriest part of you is? Uh, Well, there's one vote there. Um, It's actually your skin. Your skin, uh, because of lockdown and this sort of post-world where we're all kind of masked and staying back from each other and saying to friends, are we hugging? Um, is that, that's really what we... Are we hugging? And some people go, no, we're still on the elbow because of this. And some people go, oh, oh yeah, I can't help myself. You know, and, uh, and some people imagine they're in a bubble with you. Um, but here we are collectively suffering from the neurological phenomenon of skin hunger. Uh, which has been supercharged by the coronavirus pandemic. It's a real thing. Uh, It was already happening because we are all pretty much now in a monogamous relationship with our iPhone. (laughs) That's why it was happening. It's true. Uh, I get so upset. I genuinely do get so upset when my iPhone doesn't recognize me. Like, I want to pay for something, and it's like, I don't know who they fucking are. And I'm like, I stare into your eyes like you are a Greek god 19 hours a day. I barely sleep. I've never been this obsessed with a human. I've never crushed on anybody harder than this. If this phone were a human, it would have taken out a restraining order by now. I don't know. You could be anyone. You're wearing glasses. I'm always wearing glasses. I need these glasses for screens. I'm so offended when my phone doesn't know me. I need a passcode. A fucking passcode. Oh, you might be a robot. You are a robot. It's calling who a robot. You might be a robot, says the robot. No robot shall pass. No, I'm... It makes me... Genuinely furious. I genuinely have shouted at my phone in shops while trying to do Apple Pay. What more do you need from me? Like, how do you not know me now? Anyway, um, 
So already, because of phones, we were touching each other less. Uh, there were studies on this. Uh, people at airports were studied, and they were not touching each other anymore. I, I assume they don't mean strangers, weren't just going up to other strangers. I don't want to be frisked by a stranger at an airport. But where they used to be like a couple would sit and talk, and one would put their arm on the other one, and, and you know, they'd pat their child on the back, or I don't know. You know, all, all of that's gone. The whole family are just sitting in a line on screens uh, without uh, any kind of contact at all. And we all know that, you know, if you have a romantic partner, you know full well, at the end of the day, you lie in bed next to them, um, staring at WhatsApp, talking to someone who isn't there, uh, while they read an electric book uh, and have a robot cigarette. That's (laughs) what is happening. They are fondling their phallic vape, sucking it in a way that's unpleasant, but you, you don't know that even. You hardly even notice that because you do not look at them. You uh, barely grunt at them when they say goodnight. You cannot rip your eyes out. You are not touching your partner anymore and it's a problem, basically. It's a neurological problem that you never have sex. Um, uh, but no, it's not even about sex. It's about shoulder rubs. It's about like some, make someone a cup of tea and then you put your... Look, there's a couple in the front row who are proving otherwise right now. They're like, no, not us. <laughs> not us. Don't let go. Don't let go. You're the only ones. You're holding us together. You're our neurological hope. Help, help us, Obi-Wan. None of the rest of us are touching. We're making ourselves cups of tea. We're not getting them for other people. And if we do, we're not patting them affectionately like dogs like we apparently used to. So what is skin hunger? Um, just to give us a cheer if you relate to this. It's, it's not as many people as I was hoping. I feel like maybe I'm talking about myself. Uh, no, surely you must notice that you touch people less, even people you're in a house with, than you used to before your phone. Look, the truth of the matter is, if... If the, if the addiction to, to smartphones had only happened to 20% of us, there would have been interventions. But it's happened to all of us at the same time. So there is no one to intervene. The people that are not cheering, you're lying to yourselves. <laughs> Unless you've gone, oh no, I only have it. So I met someone the other day, he said, I've never done it. I've just stuck with my Nokia. I'm not interested. And I quizzed him in a pub going, but why and how? And how do I get to your island? And he was like, I just loved the 90s and I'm sentimental. And I was like, that's not an answer. Anyway, skin hunger is the biological need for human touch. So it's why babies in neonatal intensive care units are placed on their parents' naked chests. And all babies now have to go, it's that skin-to-skin contact. And they make, you know, you used to see, obviously, babies on mother's chest breastfeeding. Um, But now, on Instagram, you will see dads, like, bare-chested with their baby. I thought that was just for Instagram. I thought that was sort of like, yeah, my swimmers work. My son's out, so gun's out. Um, which is the greatest pun you're going to hear this year. Um, and should, should be a hashtag, so someone get it going. I have no time or interest. Um, it's not just for Instagram. It's for the baby. It's neurologically for the baby, and it's neurologically for the parents, and it's for the connection. It's really important, and we know more about this now. Um, So Tiffany Field of the Touch Research Institute at the University of Miami, um, she said, and even just, in fact, before I tell you what she said, I was, I looked her up because I was concerned, um, because I thought, if your name was Dr. Tiffany Field, and you were looking for a job, and someone said, yeah, the University of Miami's just called you, would you not think that party town where everyone goes for spring break, what do they want? And if they said they'd like you to come and interview at the Touch Research Institute. 
Would you not think that was a wind-up? I feel that sounds like a wind-up. I was concerned for Dr. Tiffany Field. Even her name, I don't know, there's a little bit of a playing the field situation. I just didn't think it was real. So I looked it up. She's on LinkedIn. Um, I just feel, I just feel. Anyway, Dr. Field says, um, maybe that's the feel in field. Maybe it's nominative determinism. I don't know. Um, but she says, touching skin, this is a direct quote, touching skin stimulates pressure sensors under the skin that sends a message to the vagus. Yeah, I thought that. No, it's a nerve in the brain. Um, <laughs> I thought I already know about this, but uh, it's not that. It's a, the vagus is a message. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nerve in the brain. Um, unless it's just some guys at the fake touch institute in Miami winding her up. I don't know. I don't know that for sure. Um, as vagal activity increases, she goes on. Don't be childish, you know what it is now. As vagal activity increases, this is, a, this is an important part. As vagal activity, and the two in the front who are holding on to each other, no, are finding this funnier than anybody. The nervous system slows down. Heart rate and blood pressure decrease, cortisol goes down, and your brain waves show relaxation. So it literally, being touched, and this is literally just someone popping a hand on your shoulder or patting you on the back or, you know, just touching your hair affectionately, anything like that, um, it, it, it's, it's any affectionate touch, it turns down the bad stress hormones and winds up the happy, good hormones. Um, so... It's really, really important. Dr. Alberto Galas, a neuroscientist at the University of Milan in Italy, I want him on the podcast, by the way. He's so interesting. Also, I found him on LinkedIn as well, and he is as handsome as he sounds. Um, <laughs> Dr. Alberto from Milan, he is, he is exactly how he's out. He's very handsome. Um, he says he's very worried. He genuinely says, he says, literally the quote is, I'm very worried. I've, we've worried Dr. Alberto. Because um, he says the no touching has not changed much post-lockdown because we're all suspicious of each other and we're avoiding strangers and we're avoiding touch at all costs. And I think possibly also being in the same house with the same people, I've already touched you, <sighs> I can't be asked to do it again, etc. <laughs> So long, it was a long lockdown, you know, like we've just sort of got into our own spaces. And so the touch we're getting has really plummeted. And uh, we talked a lot about technology and how it connected us in the pandemic. You know, Zoom, house party. Um, that, was a, that was one. Do you remember the days of house party? <laughs> I'm actually the last one on house party now. It's a house party of one. Uh, come, come see me there. Um, I didn't know, I mean, I was, I think I really lost it at the beginning of, I don't know if that's not an inclusive term, lost it, but I did. At the beginning of lockdown, I got into the bath on house party one night because my takeaway had come and I, I, my bath had been run. But it was with like Raven Smith. Do you know Raven Smith? Yeah, yeah. Really cool guy, like writes for Vogue magazine. And he was on a house party with all these like women who work at Channel 4. And I was like, well, they're not going to be able to see me. So it doesn't really matter. I just put my phone down and then I picked it back up so they could just see my face. Because house party, it's very tiny little you know, like thumbnails of you. Because, you know, this, and then afterwards, Raven was like, I said, I said, hi, sorry, lol, I'm in the bath. Which I would never do. No, I'm now, of course not. No. Before then or after then, no. It was just that initial three weeks. And <laughs> it was a wild time. And 
I said, ha, you can't see me. And Raven said, we absolutely can. <laughs> the thumbnail for yourself at a house party is much smaller than it is for the people watching you. <laughs> I just had my tits out to half of Channel 4. <laughs> I don't even know Raven in real life. We just became friends in our DMs. I've been, I've been right up in his DMs now, apparently. Anyway, um, I'm sure we'll meet at some point and we'll have a laugh about it. Although he doesn't seem as keen as he did to have drinks with me now. But anyway, um, anyway, I was not good I, in the first couple of weeks. It, that, all that Zoom in the first week, I just thought I'm never going to be able to handle it. Uh, to the extent where I actually got so upset at something going wrong at a crucial moment, I, I threw my phone, um, s- saying quite loudly, um, uh, uh, I, but I'm not good with technology, I'm good with people, and people are gone. Um, I, I did. I don't, I, I've, I've never, not traditionally had therapy. I've just waited till I got hysterical and see what slips out, and then I analyzed that with a friend. Uh, I, have, I have had to have some therapy during lockdown because it's, it's been good. No, it's been good. I found out I'm, uh, uh, yeah, I, I probably should have had it 20 years earlier or not at all. Um, <laughs> it might be too late to fix it now. I just know every day. You know, it's just, it's a shame. I, 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 anyway, uh, it's fine. I'm pretty sure we're, most of us are mostly. Uh, inclusive language screwed up. Um, So uh, anyway, technology, according to Dr. Alberto from the University of Milano, um, technology cannot substitute for skin-on-skin contact. He says, direct quote, we can maintain our social relationships through technology, but although our technology is very advanced in terms of visual and audio rendering, all those technologies lack the sense of touch. There are basically no systems currently available that allow us to interact using touch. He explains that haptic technology, haptic technology, (laughs) commonly used in sex toys to mimic sensation or video games, is not sufficiently advanced enough to reproduce the vigor and subtlety of a handshake. (laughs) I feel he is misunderstanding what a vibrator is for. A handshake with a rabbit rabbit would be quite awkward. I do see that. That is so strange. What a thing to say. Your vibrator isn't as good at giving a handshake as... No, it's not. Anyway. Also, he clearly hasn't tried to satisfy Pro 2000. Um, Do you remember we talked about that in New Zealand? That we got, like, we, we had them on stage and stuff because someone brought one on and we, we, I mean, we didn't use it. We just put, put it on so you could hear the noise of it. But uh, we were talking about it and somebody wrote in and said, you have to be very careful with the Satisfy Pro. I've never told you this, but I've always felt I should do a public service announcement about it because we were joking about it and, you know, saying, oh, yeah, it's the new thing and it's not like a normal vibrator and la, 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 la. Someone had come on with one and, you know, jokes, whatever. Vibrators are funny, sure. And then someone wrote in and said, I'm really sorry to tell you this. And I've never told you, because I, but I just should have. I'm really sorry. It's quite irresponsible. She said, it's a true story. She said, I got a Satisfy Pro 2000 and um, I put it to the setting up too high. You're meant to go up gradually. There's lots of settings and from low to high. And she said, I just thought, well, go straight in. So she said, I started high and then really went to the highest one. And she had... What is called like something like it's an orgasmic paralysis, where it basically um, gave her a stroke. Not in the, yeah. Um, she had to. She was totally paralysed, so she had to call her father, who was the only other person in the house, and he had to take her to hospital. 
And she, the doctors had to explain to her, yes, you have orgasmed yourself into paralysis. She was fine, she was fine, she was fine, she was fine. But, it, she, but you, she was a while in hospital and it can, I need to tell you, this is public service announcement, it's true. It can, this can happen with a significant orgasm. So you must, you must start low on the Satisfy Pro 2000. Um, anyway, Dr. Alberto says, the sensory modality involves a lot of systems. It's not just the receptors in the skin, but also the strength of the handshake. The handshake. You can't reproduce that easily, he says. There are systems that reproduce similar forces, but they are not widespread, and the quality of the sensation produced is low. He's not used the Satisfy Pro 2000, clearly. Um, a hell of a handshake it's got. But it also, some of this just reads like an Italian man making assumptions... Because Dr. Alberto, uh, let's be honest, no man has ever given me a stroke. <laughs> um, a man has stroked me. I don't want to... That sounds... No, I just say he hasn't, you know, paralysed me. Um, so, anyway, uh, it sounds like a little bit like he's saying, baby, there's a Satisfied Pro 2000 and then there's me. Um, <laughs> but his exact words are, so far there is nothing that allows us to reproduce a caress. Um, he's on LinkedIn, find him. Uh, but there are <laughs> strategies to reduce hunger, skin hunger, for those self-isolating, post-isolation alone. If you are living alone and you've been isolated alone um, you, and you're getting fewer hugs, Dr. Field says, get as much exercise as you can. It's always fucking exercise, isn't it? There's always the answer to, the answer to everything. Oh, long life. Oh, exercise. Oh, you're feeling tired. Exercise. Whatever. Okay, fine. It's always the answer to every single thing. But she says simply walking around your room stimulates the pressure receptors in your feet. Give yourself a scalp massage or rub moisturizer into your face. Um, just feel the carpet under your feet with your toes. That's apparently as good as a hug. It's not, obviously. It's not as good as a hug. They're not saying that. They're saying it's better than nothing. They're not saying it's good as a hug. Uh, just move your skin, it says. Just, yeah, okay. Um, touch people you live with when you, you know, walk past them. Um, not just a brand new flatmate, hashtag consent, but squeeze people, pat people with their consent. Um, it doesn't have to be sex. Um, and that's good news if you have got a brand new flat share. It doesn't have to be sex. It's been a long lockdown, let's be clear. Pets are good, by which I mean dogs are good, cats are rubbish. Um, I, one of my cats guards the bed from the other two cats. She stands at the edge and just growls at them and goes, no, it's my bed, and just won't let them come. I call her Kitty Cattell. <laughs> Weighted blankets are good if you're living alone but basically whatever you do make sure you touch each other and fill your skin up uh, hug yourself, stroke yourself stroke other people whenever you possibly can again with consent this is not the normal message of the guilty feminist touch people as often as possible um, but we need to because we need to fight the good fight and if our happy hormones are down and our stress hormones are up we are not going to be able to do that. So as much as possible, really seriously, I'm saying this, try and hug people in your world, try and hug people in your life. And when and if it's safe and how it's safe, don't forget we've got less hugs, fewer hugs in the, in the, ba in the bank. So we, when it's safe and if it's safe, please just spend some time giving each other extra affectionate touches um, uh, because you've got to touch yourself before you can touch the world. As Dr. Roberto says. Thank you very much.
It's been truly an honor and a pleasure to work with you, as always. Let's have a hug. Um, I lo- we love at a big show like this to finish with music because we like you to leave feeling like you've had a better time than you have. Um, so please, welcome to the stage. The incredible, the uh, one and only. The phenomenal. The one who can lift you up higher than you've ever been lifted up before with her feminist anthems. It's Jess Robinson. I'm a feminist, but I imitate other women for a living. Yeah, and I don't care if they're good or evil. I only care if they've got a recognisable voice. What I'm trying to say is, I really miss Theresa May. Um, I'm a feminist, but I... uh, I use other women all the time. Um, See, whenever I need to conjure a particular mood, I just look inside myself. Not in a gynecological way. Although I do have a hand mirror backstage. Um, Oh, Kima's using that. Um, But I look inside my head and I choose which celebrity I'm going to channel because what I've learned is there's a different impression to suit every mood. in my head are my holistic medication if I can't be me I'll be someone else who can deal with the situation and though it might sound strange it's my coping mechanism sometimes my brain's so full I think I need an exorcism I get up in the morning, eyes are bleary, can't stop yawning And I'm filled with regret about watching 17 box sets I'm feeling pretty shameful, is that a Big Mac on my table? I've drained my coffee cup, I need a voice to perk me up Then suddenly she comes to me, always full of energy Ginger Scottish, five foot tall, I hear her shout my wake up call Fills me with poop, bang a bang when I've run out of steam. She helps relight my fire if I get the dosage right. Yeah, but I can't have Lulu after five, or I won't sleep at night. I'm going through a lazy phase, haven't exercised for days. How can I feel more worthwhile now I can't watch Jeremy Kyle? On the sofa in a heap, even my Fitbit's half asleep. Energetic as a flannel, who can I channel? Oh, I hear a Latin battle cry from a feisty woman whose hips don't lie. Men adore her, women fear her. My personal trainer is Shakira. Lule, lule, lule. Whatever, whatever. Shakira in my head keeps me from procrastinating even if her constant wiggling is often aggravating the she-wolf in my spinning class who helps me win the race oh, her breasts are small and humble so they don't whack me in the face 
Tracy Solomon to giggle, <laughs> Lorraine Kelly to be polite, Britney in the morning, Aguilera late at night, Cheryl to be pretty, Hillary to be blunt, and I'll channel Katie Hopkins when I want to be a columnist. Alanis to get angsty, Catherine Jenkins to be classy, to the Jesse J. Street Porter to be arsy. Maui when I'm drinking, Alex Jones on a date. Kylie with my neighbours and Jane Torville when I ski. I'll be honest, I don't use that one very often. The only thing I mustn't do is muddle them in my head. Or I'm Cardi B down the market. And Sonia from EastEnders in bed. Whoa, 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 whoa. Doof, 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 doof. The voices in my head, they help me to adjust. Without my good old sisterhood, I'd certainly combust. They've helped me in the past when life has really sucked. Oh, yeah. If I didn't have my voices, I'd be completely again <laughs> okay this final song um, I wrote it uh, especially for the guilty feminist I wrote it for tonight and um, the only person that's heard me sing it is my dog in the kitchen last night I was inspired to write it because um, did any of you come to the Albert Hall or hear the Albert Hall with yeah with uh, Jess Hines did this incredible speech we are strong we are strong we are strong and um, being part of this crazy, guilty feminist gang, um, and I am really the guiltiest of all of the feminists, I really think I am terrible. Um, it's really wonderful to be surrounded by these strong women, uh, and it sort of made me question my place in the world a bit, and made me possibly think that now might be the time to stop hiding behind other women and um, be a bit more myself. So, thank you. This song uh, is called Strong, and it's all about my pelvic floor. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> what am I? A person with a heart. A heart that keeps beating on and on Try to steal it or even break it But you know what, I can take it Cause my heart is all my own And I am strong What am I? A person with a body It's my temple, my private path and all 
to nurture or to tease with Do whatever the fuck I please with My body is my own And I am strong 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 Robinson perform, I always think the same thing. Why is she not the most famous person in the world? I genuinely don't understand it. Thank you for writing that song for us. It's really beautiful. I cannot wait till we can tour with you and that song. Um, and maybe if we recorded it, with, would you buy it? Yeah, great. Okay. If my CDs were on sale outside, would you buy them? 
<laughs> absolutely should. She's so amazing. Um, and where are you playing so that people can come and see you and all you? London Wonderground, 26th of September. It's a lovely Sunday. It's in Earl's Court. And come for and the podcast us. listeners who live elsewhere, is there any kind of tour? There's a tour coming up. It's called The 12 Days of Jessmus. <laughs> It's a Christmas tour, and um, it's going to be lots of fun coming to a town near you. Great. So check out Jess Robinson's website and see where she's going. Um, anything else we need to know about you, Jess? Yes, I've got a podcast. It's called Stars in Your Ears, and it's sort of the opposite of the guilty feminist. It's stupid. <laughs> I did it, and I had to learn how to be um, uh, Marlene Dietrich singing Edith Piaf. And it went very good. just as well. It's just as good as the singing that Jess did. So just bear that in mind when you go in to listen to it. I also talk about accents and stuff. It's a fun, it's a fun show. Listen to it. Um, uh, so we thank you so much for coming out. Just a big round of applause for everyone uh, at the venue here in the Southbank Centre, the Queen Elizabeth Hall. Thank you, Naomi. We're sorry we've run over. Um, I tried so hard not to run over, and I didn't. So. I'm, I, did, I ran over, so I'm very sorry. Um, also, thank you um, to Bjorn and Jody at UTA, who've also made this so possible and amazing and, and uh, care about us in a way that previously we have not been supportive, so we really thank you for that. Um, and uh, thank you to everybody who's just come back out and everyone else who's made this possible, um, Gina backstage and all sorts of, look, uh, there's all sorts of other people, Tom Salinsky, um, and, you know, look, if I haven't said your name, you know who you are, although clearly I don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you've all been amazing thank you for listening through the lockdown thank you for staying with us if you could rate, review and subscribe it will really help us if you could share we're going to try and do more and bigger and better as now we have ACAST with us so please stay with us come with us tell people share on social media even talk to a real person maybe touch them when you tell them they should come or listen uh, thank you so much and I just want to give you all a big hug and I feel like crying because it's just like it's an audience and um, you're, you're an audience uh, so thank you um, in my opinion, um, in my opinion, you're the finest audience of your generation, and um, and it wouldn't be the guilty feminist if we didn't close uh, with our anthem. And my God, are we going to feel it this time? Because we have survived. Take it away, Jess Robinson.
Francis White, guest co-host Kima Bob, and our very special guests Nina Conti and Monkey, with music from Jess Robinson. The Guilty Feminist theme tune was composed by Mark Hodge and produced by Nick Sheldon. The producer was Tom Solinsky for the Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to Rachel, Gina, Bjorn, Jody, and everyone at the Queen Elizabeth Hall as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from Acast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.